Hi, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. This is John Bishop at John Bishop Fine Art Conversations with Freelance Creatives. Welcome. I'm glad you came back. This is my third episode. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about big picture planning, kind of that strategic planning that all businesses need, including small businesses like our art practices. So um, basically, uh, I spent 30 years of my professional career working as a librarian at schools, a school teacher and, and then librarian. So I've worked a lot in school districts and different city governments around the world, basically. And in all of these big kind of institutions and organizations, they do a lot of planning and they're kind of required to do a lot of planning by either the city government uh, requirements or accrediting agencies for schools. So we spent a lot of time doing regular uh, annual goal planning as well as strategic planning for longer periods, usually about five years. And we've done that in our business. I mentioned last time that we just finished kind of a five-year cycle in our art business uh, and we had to kind of redo our strategic plan this year for the next five years. And what we noticed is in looking back over the last five years, our business has changed quite radically. Originally, when the business was formed, we were a video production and photography business-to-business company, studio, and our customer was largely corporate. And since then, we have really made a big shift to pretty much exclusively fine art. Uh, I do painting, and of course Bogdan does the fine art photography. We still do some video and some commercial work when we can get it, but largely, almost exclusively, we've moved to fine art. That is a huge shift for our company because nothing is the same as when we planned it. Uh, So kind of going back to that history of strategic planning, I think, has been helpful for us as we've moved forward and made through this big period of change. Uh, But I think a lot of people get turned off by planning because you seem to get so little and it takes so much time, particularly when you're a small business and in many cases you may be the only person in your business. So how do you justify taking all this time to do creative, big picture planning when it's just you? And I'm telling you, in my experience, do it. it. It really will make a big difference in the way you activate and operationalize the kinds of plans that you have. So it may sound silly, but it's probably worth doing. Now, I, I can think of the, probably the craziest thing we ever did when I was in Chula Vista, California, working in the library there. We had a large, large stuffed bear and apparently this bear had been there for like 30 years and everybody loved the bear all the kids in the children's room would come in and they just plop down and read books on the bear and they'd hug the bear and and then they would come back people would come back with their children and they remember the bear from when they were kids and now their kids are laying on the 30 year old bear the bear had never been cleaned the bear was getting pretty nasty Uh, It was pretty threadbare. I mean, I guess some people tried to 
blows it off. I wipe it down and things. But it was a plush bear and it was looking pretty sad. Uh, so it was determined that we actually raised some money through the Friends of the Library. We were going to restuff the bear. And it was cons- people were concerned that children were going to be traumatized because the bear was going to be different or the bear was going to go away. And so we as a committee had to come up with a plan for someone to come and get the bear. We had to fabricate a, a false vacation that this bear was going to go on. And so we had pictures of the bear at Disneyland and things like that and uh, that we photoshopped. And then reinstall the bear with its new look, all new fur, would match exactly, and we had swatches and meetings. We went through so much planning over this bear. Executed, boom, the bear disappeared. The bear went on vacation. The bear came back, and I was there the first day the bear came back. And about five minutes after replacing the bear, a child walked in with his mother and said, Oh, look, new bear. That was it. That was it. All for nothing. They didn't care. They didn't matter to them. They knew it was a new bear. They, there was no discussion that this bear had somehow been refreshed from its vacation. That was all wasted planning. Uh, it was fun. No, 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 nobody was hurt. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of silly planning over the uh, just... We could have gone out and bought a new bear. Could have been just as easy as that. Um, but I mean, the time we spent on it did not yield us very much. But it was a lovely process. And, and the process is sometimes important as well. Uh, when I was in New Zealand, I think I mentioned in another, in another broadcast that when we had meetings of our of our team, we always had a, a, a toy helicopter on the on the table. And when we would get bogged down in, in the kind of minutia and in, in lost in the weeds and in details of what needed to happen on any given project or, or department, somebody would pick up the helicopter and remind us that we needed to raise the level of the conversation back up to the strategic level so that we could get more done. The details weren't that committee's job. Somebody else would deal with that, with the minutia in the application of those details. And I, I was reminded of that, that scene in Camelot uh, when uh, Arthur is being trained by Merlin out in the woods. And uh, as part of his training, Merlin turns Arthur into a, a hawk or a bird, some sort of bird, and and he flies above, and and Merlin asks him what he knows is a bird that he doesn't know is a man, and Arthur observes that from that height he could see the entirety of the forest and I think the sea, uh, so he could see perspective, could see larger events like the forest and not just individual trees. And he could see that from that vantage point, there were no borders. And so the things that mattered a lot when you were a man on the ground didn't matter at all when you were a bird in the sky. And so that idea that if you can 
come up above your business far enough to look down and see your business as a whole, you you have so much more strategic value than you do when you're stuck in the in the day-to-day operations of the business. And in that sense, you need to start making plans that incorporate larger chunks of time. So what we did, we just got back from Galveston. We were there for a couple of days and we kind of redid our strategic plan and looked again at our, our vision and our mission. Uh, we looked at our, our, our goals, not just the annual goals, which of course we did, but we also looked at our, our five-year goals, our three-year goals, our five-year goals, our 10-year goals, and our 20-year goals. And in, in, the next, <clears throat> in the next year, we intend to buy a van so that we can transport things because we keep having to rent vans to move large canvases and large pieces uh, for, for exhibitions and things. Uh, and, and in the next five years, we intend to buy our own building. We love it where we are uh, at Silver Street Studios in Houston. But at some point, we, we need to be able to control our space and be able to have events and things on our own that don't involve so many other people in the, in the bigger organization of those studios. Uh, and in 10 years, we're going to have an international. We're going to be exhibiting internationally in galleries and exhibitions. And in 20 years, my God, we're going to be magnificent. So you should stick around for that. But obviously, this big shift from going from a corporate company to a, uh, a fine art business uh, was a huge shift. And this, this kind of planning is saving us as we make this, this big change, strategic, plan, uh, strategic change in our business plan. And... Uh, it's also, I mean, we've, we've changed our customer completely. I think last time I mentioned Gloria, our customer, who's 50 to 70 years old, woman, uh, professional woman, uh, who is an art collector. But the other collector we have, we're calling Jean and Pat. Jean and Pat are a young couple. They could be of any sex. <laughs> That's why we call them Jean and Pat. And they are young professionals, upwardly mobile. They are buying their first home together, they're decorating, they're trying to, to incorporate art collection as part of their life, but they're new at it, they're young, they don't quite know where to go yet. Uh, and uh, so this whole planning process allows us to have a business plan for how we're going to reach Gloria and how we're going to reach Jean and Pat. And uh, so I think this whole strategic planning process is helping us survive this big change because it, it was quite a dip in income moving from a corporate to a uh, fine art clientele. Uh, it's going to take some time to build, and, and we, we planned for that. So, so far, so good. Uh, and, and really, with, with all of this change, we have to realize things about ourselves. We have to be able to rise up high enough to look down on our business and say, we are not the finest artists around. And, and everybody knows that not, there are people who are magnificent artists who are never successful. And there are people who are successful who really aren't that great of artists. And it's, 
it's all about the business savvy. It's, it's all about how you market and how you frame that business, that creative business. And that people, lots of people can create a pretty picture. In fact, we all do. We wouldn't be doing this. Uh, I say pretty picture. It might be graphic design. It could be performance art, whatever that picture is, that product, art product is. But that people are actually looking for an experience of art. And if you can incorporate that experience for, for Gloria and for Jean and Pat, then you have created something of value. And we're only able to do that because we can look down on our business. We can step back enough to say, yeah, I made this pretty picture beside me and, and I'm trying to market it. I'm trying to sell it. Maybe I'll frame it. Maybe I'll put better lighting. But none of that will answer further back. I need to create an experience for my customer that will make them not only want to buy that art, but become collectors of mine for the rest of my career. And that's what strategic planning can offer. Uh, so we have to do a SWOT analysis. We have to go in and we have to, to be able to look at the market, look at our competition. And when I say competition, I don't mean other artists because we're really not competitors. No one will make the art I make. No one well, I can't make the art that someone else makes. But there are kind of systemic environmental uh, conditions that become like competitors for us. Uh, for example, one of the things that we noticed when we first started the company is I was reading that there were loads and loads of people in college who were studying to become editors, that the whole video editing world was going to blossom. Bogdan had been a video editor for years and worked in television in Romania. But there were a bunch of people who were going to come out of college and they were going to be cheaper and they were going to have flashier software and he may have the experience, but they were going to work a lot cheaper and that absolutely happened. We watched it and exactly after four years when they finished their degrees, a lot of our business disappeared because there was a lot of competition out there for people who could edit very well, very cheaply. So knowing that SWOT analysis, we actually were ready and made our change to fine art about that time when that business began to fall off. So that kind of strategic planning helped us greatly as we were planning our own business. Uh, but let's let's look at what's going on now. We've got the pandemic, hopefully wrapping up. But what we've learned by the pandemic is that a lot of people are buying art online. And people who are well-connected and well-set up to sell online, many of them are doing better than they did before the pandemic. So that's a huge change in the market for us. We also know that everything I have read about the art world says that large galleries are going to get bigger and smaller galleries are going to suffer greatly and possibly go away. So that is another thing that we need to plan for. We need to watch that very carefully and see if you're putting all your, bath, all your eggs into going into small uh, niche kind of galleries, 
know that they may suffer and they may disappear uh, over, over the next, over the short term anyway. So you need to create not only a plan of the environment that you're working in, but you need to have some real measures of whether or not you're successful. And I think that differs for us because I don't believe that we base our success like other businesses do, and we talked a little bit about that last time, that we need to come up with our own rubrics. What does success mean for me as a painter? Are there painters who are successful who don't make much money? Yes. Are there people who make a lot of money who aren't good artists? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately there are. What is the measure for my business? What is going to make me a success? Is it the number of paintings I sell? Or is it the, the, the price of the paintings I sell? Is it the, the recognition I have in the art community? Is it all of those things? Is it none of those things? And so we need to, as, as part of this strategic plan, really understand how we're going to judge ourselves successful or not. We're going to have to take a lot of risks, and those risks could be catastrophic. Mostly, they're small risks that can be absorbed if you have the right plan. Uh, it's exciting. Strategic planning can be a lot of fun. Put it in a box, do it for a period of time, come up with your five-year plan, and then stop because you've got a lot to do uh, in your small business. Uh, those are my thoughts anyway. I'd love to hear how you plan, the kinds of things that you're running into in, in creating long-term plans in particular, and how you're going to measure your own success as a creative entrepreneur. Uh, let me know. Put it in the comments below. Let's have this conversation. I'd love to have it. All this month, we're doing a giveaway. Uh, I have prepared a, uh, a template of my spreadsheet that I use every day for my kind of budgeting purposes. allows me to budget and to track my expenses and, and uh, earnings. All my projects, all of my invoices, all of that uh, is, in a, is in a spreadsheet that I find very, very useful. Uh, happy to give it to you free of charge. All I ask is give me your name and email address and I'll send you the, the file. Uh, just go to my website, uh, johnbishopfineart.com, uh, John sorry, and uh, there's a little tab there that says giveaway. You put in your name and email there, just send it to me by email, however you'd want to. And uh, it's yours. I'll just send you the file. You can use it and change it. Do anything you like with it. Hopefully it'll be helpful to you. It has been to me. Uh, so with that, um, thank you very much for joining me. I hope you'll like, like, subscribe, do all those kinds of things. It would really help me a lot. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how to look at your business as a boss and not as an employee. I think that's very difficult for a lot of us as we as we're formulating these small creative businesses, how do we become the CEO and not the grunt worker? Because let's face it, in most cases, we're both. Uh, so that's what we'll be talking about next week. I hope you'll join me. Other than that, have a great week. Do lovely creative things. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.